There's that song we all know and love. Blau und weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo, meine Lieben. Wie geht's? Willkommen zum Das Einzige Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Let me start off by thanking you for tuning back to our show. Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom who speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to English-speaking fans of the club and get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights each and every week. We will also pick out articles on the club and talk a little bit about them. On today's episode, we will talk about the recap of the Wolfsburg match, talk ultras unrest early in the season, and ultras in general. Uh, we're going to talk about the results from the Champions League encounter with the police in 2013, and give you predictions on the Freiburg match. Let's take it away! Schalke come into this match on the back of a four-game unbeaten streak, including three wins in a row. The opponents, Wolfsburg, come in on a six-game unbeaten run of their own as well. Uh, would either team break? Schalke, for this game, used the now-normal formation of a 3-5-2, with the only change being Nabil Benteleb for Leon Goretzka. The game looked to open up early on um, in the 13th minute, Maximilian Arnold attempted a cross into Mario Gomez and the German national team player scored with a header. Nope. That's wrong. Gomez was deemed offsides. Correctly, might I add. Uh, Schalke definitely benefited from the call as they played the cross quite poorly. Uh, this is this is something that Schalke usually does well during, during, the, during the season thus far. But on this play, they did really poorly. So Schalke definitely benefited from that. It was Wolfsburg's turn in the 29th minute to get a bit of luck when Amin Herrett took a pass from Nabil Menteleb and drove down the field and took a shot from the outside of the box that was deflected by the Wolfsburg defender. The deflection slowed the shot just enough for Cohen Castiles to get a hand on it and force the shot off the post, keeping the score at 0-0. Amin Herrett thought he had his first Bundesliga goal, but the young Schalke player will have to wait another week. The breakthrough came for the Royal Blues just before halftime when Tilo Kerr was taken down in the box by Joshua Guilavogui. Referee Marcus Schmidt, wanting to know what happened, went to VAR as he didn't see what happened. And VAR confirmed what we all knew, and that was a penalty which was awarded to Dinapen. Up step Benteleb. For Schalke to go in front, and it's Nabil Benteleb who has the responsibility. Benteleb there, and a Schalke lead. The goalkeeper committed one way, he was never going to stop it. Wasn't the prettiest penalty, but they all count. And just before the break, Neville Bentelep has put the Blues ahead here. And Bentelep scores. That was his third goal of the season, all at home, mind you, and all from the penalty spot. In case you didn't know why Bentelep started, well, it's because Leon Greska missed the match due to a small injury. Luckily for us, he was in there, and when we got a penalty... He converts like he always does. That's the score as both teams would head to halftime break. Schalke up one nothing. Coming out of halftime, um, for the second half, Wolfsburg did have the better of the play. 
Um, as they were trying to equalize and Schalke, you know, they were sitting back a bit. Schalke had a chance to double the lead in the 57th minute. Bastian Ochipka had a free kick and his attempt missed just to the right of the goal. The keeper from Wolfsburg was caught flat-footed and Ochipka missed a brilliant chance to extend the lead for Schalke. Um, a couple minutes later, on the hour mark actually, VAR's, VAR was used once again. This time it went against Naldo. Um, who was deemed to have fouled Maximilian Arnold inside the box. Looking back at the replay, when I was in live play, and also in replay, um, I don't see a penalty there. So while I disagree with the call, uh, nonetheless, Wolfsburg were awarded a penalty, and to our luck this time, Mario Gomez slipped during the shot and fired the shot high and wide. Um, that was actually Gomez's first miss from a penalty spot in, I think, like six years. So, Lady Luck was on our side of there, huh? Um, there are many attempts for both teams uh, for the rest of the game. Uh, brilliant chances going back and forth. Uh, Ralph Fairman had a fantastic save towards the end of the game. The score remained 1-0 as a, you know the side judge held up three minutes of stoppage time. It looked like three points were in the bag. And then a last gasp effort with seconds remaining... A lofted ball was met by Mario Gomez in the air and he deflected right to substitute Divock Origi. No. He punished the Royal Blues with, as time expired. Talk about a gut-wrenching punch to the stomach. Oh, man, I was... I know you guys thought it was a win. I thought it was a win. And then that happened right at right at the buzzer, basically. I'd rather lose 6 nothing than... I mean, I guess we didn't lose, but... That, that's uh, You thought you had three points, you ended up with one. That's two points left on the table. Um... Like I said, the game ends 1-1 in a draw. If you look at the statistics, it was pretty even. The only difference statistically was a significant advantage in shots for the Royal Blues as they had doubled the shot output of Wolfsburg. I think it was like 14-7. Some thoughts on the game. Schalke were effective you know, in creating scoring opportunities from the counterattack. I think Schalke were guilty of being too aggressive and that gave away too many free kicks at the edge of the box. I think Schalke had their opportunities in this match, but they just couldn't capitalize. The lack of killer instinct, uh, the lack of uh, clinical finishing, it really hurt. It really hurt the Royal Blues. The tactics for the match, eh, they're pretty good. I don't like the fact that they let Wolfsburg stay in the match and ultimately tie the game. Uh, in my opinion, Tedesco could have done better here. Um, why are you going to go back into a defensive shell? Yeah, I get it. You want to try to keep a, a clean sheet. But if you keep attacking and score more goals, that'll keep the other team on their back heel and away from your goal. Just a thought. And the draw sees Schalke in 5th place on 17 points. 1 point behind Hanover. 2 points behind Leipzig. 3 points behind our rural rivals. And lastly, 6 points behind Bayern München, who sit alone in 1st place. What did you make of the match against Wolfsburg? Let us know at SO4 underscore podcast on Twitter. 
Alright, let's move on to some unrest by the Ultras this earlier this season. A lot of that was stirred up by the sale of Benedict Havidus. Um, as we all know, at the end of the transfer window, Havidus was sold to Juventus. Our longtime captain and top performer was beloved by our fans. Uh, Havidus was considered indispensable for the club and for many years because of his passion. But a new regime came in, and under new coach Domenico Tedesco, that changed. Havidus had to relinquish the captaincy, and he had to make room for a talented Tilo Carrier uh, in the defensive pecking order. Once that happened, Havidus took slight, and he was even quoted as saying, Well, I'm not allowed to be captain anymore. I don't get a permanent guarantee from the new coach. You know what? Then I'm leaving. Once those quotes were made, made public... Um, the transfer move, transfer had to be, transfer had to happen, and the move sent uh, Domin- um, Benedict Alvides from the Royal Blues to Juventus. Now, if you look at the reactions on 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 from the fans, it varied on social media. You know, if you look at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, so on and so forth. Some fans mourned the loss. Some were furious at Christian Heidel and Domenico Tedesco. While while the rest were pretty much criticizing um, Benedict this one user on Facebook said he had his chance, but he didn't fight as a leader should. Uh, yet another fan said Bene is a shaka through and through, and why does he you know not face a sporting competition and show what he has to everyone? Instead, he plays offended and then leaves. Where's his fighting spirit? Others were upset he was let go and felt as the club had left, let their heart and soul leave. Um, but, you know, overall, mostly, you know, many Schalke fans were just sad he left and wished, you know, Hovides nothing but success in his new journey at Juventus. Um, a user I saw on Facebook said, I remember seeing, he's, they said, uh, do it well and good luck in Turin. Turin is where, um, Torino, that's where Juventus play. Um with the sale, of course, the Ultras criticized Heidel specifically. Uh, the criticism was most evident in the game against Stuttgart, if you guys remember. Um, banners were unveiled in the Nord Curve. The Ultras were quoted in the fan magazine also following the game saying, The handling of Benedict Hovides is representative of the development of Schalke in recent months. Deserving players are treated disrespectfully, and our children will have little chance of proving themselves. We have one of the best junior teams in the country and can no longer benefit from it. Our own children will be hunted from the yard. Of course, Christian Heidel, you know, responded to this, and he said, you know, identity and identification are extremely important to me. He continued, I really care about promoting young talent, said Heidel. We will now be putting a lot of money into improving the infrastructure and training conditions of the Schalke Academy, and it is absolutely our goal to train our talent in the best possible way and integrate them into the professional squad. Alright, so what's my take on that? Um, I can see why the Ultras are upset. You know, here's, here's our longtime captain. Uh, he's been on the team forever, it seems like. Um, and then you let him go. Well, I mean, I can see from always. I was, when I first heard that he was being, you know, first when he lost the captaincy, I was like, whoa, what is going on here? Did, did he say something to provoke it or what? Now you find out that, you know, Tedesco, you know, had a, a other plans. Um, he thought Ralph Fairman, you know, was more than capable of leading the team. You know, sometimes when a, a team has a captain for a long time and there's not much success there, 
you can blame a lot of that to the captain because he's not able to push the team to that next step. And obviously, the team needs to get to that next step because being stuck, we're not, we're not, you know, early in the two thousands, and even earlier on in in in, in Bundesliga career for Schalke, they're contending for for the Bundesliga title. They've been steadily declining in the last I don't know seven years or so, um, and and Javi Des has been the captain for that entire time, so he's got to take some of the blame of it. Um, sure, I was angry when they sold him. Uh, I was sad for sure. Uh, I didn't really criticize Javi Des like some people did. Um, at first, I was criticizing Heidel and maybe Tedesco for starting something, but. Uh, ultimately, I saw where they were coming from, and I kind of, I kind of end up agreeing with them that you know maybe it's time to go. You hate, they hate to lose an icon like him, um, but sometimes it has to be done, especially if the team's not going in the direction you want it to go. So, you know, that's my take on it. I'm sad to see that he left. I hope he does really well in, in Juventus, um, but you know, I know he has no, no, he's not bitter against Schalke in general. He said it himself, and you know, Schalke will always be in his heart. Um, so I, I always love Hovidus. You know, just unfortunately this came about and we had to move on. So I'm moving on. Let me know what you guys think. Um, send us a tweet at so4 underscore podcast and let us know how you felt about, you know, or do you agree with the ultras? Do you feel there was unrest and, and idols to blame? Or, you know, just tell me how you feel. Let's uh, let's talk briefly about some of the news that came about recently while I was on vacation. A verdict came down from the altercation Ultras had in the Champions League match versus Greek club PAOK. I call him Pauk. Um, on August 21st, 2013, I remember watching the game vividly. And I remember when the altercation in the crowd happened. Police came in. Uh, a lot of people looked scared. Um, there's a lot of chaos going on. Uh, so to recap, during the game, the Nordcore of Ultras held up a banner from a Macedonian fan club friend of the Ultras. It showed the star of Virginia, a golden 16-pointed star on a red background. This symbol was part of the first flag of the state of Macedonia, which is not recognized by, by Greece. Uh, that banner provoked the Greek fans so much that they threatened, they felt threatened, and they began rushing the seats and advanced toward the Nordcore, uh, according to the police. This caused right police to get in between the two groups, and the and two fans in particular uh, from Schalke filed a lawsuit claiming the police acted unlawful during the match. Um, and police, you know, when they saw this banner, they entered the North Court to remove the banner, and that's when the ultras clashed violently with police, who in turn responded with tear gas and batons. Well, the verdict came da- came back about a month ago. Uh, from the administrative court of Gelsenkirchen, uh, and they dismissed the lawsuit from the two um, Schalke ultras, saying that they knew what they were doing and they they provoked they provoked um, knowingly the Greek fans in hope of starting violence. This caused a very real danger to the fans and attendants who were not involved in that, um, who were innocent bystanders, and the police were allowed to do what was necessary to stop the violence from spreading. Even though the threat came directly from the Greek fans, the Schalke Ultras were rightly claimed to be starter because they were aware of the banner's provocative effect and would have deliberately accepted the threats made by the Greek fans. The use of batons and tear gas, which is a primary, primarily a reaction to the massive physical attacks by the Ultras, was legally not objectionable. What's my take? Um, 
I'll get into more of this ultra stuff in a, in a minute. How I really feel. Um, really, you 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 provoke the Greek fans. You wanted to start a fight, and when the fight came, then you start claiming, "Oh, I'm innocent. I'm innocent." Bullshit. Man up. If you want to start a fight, start a fight. Don't don't back out afterwards. Uh, why are you starting a fight anyway? What are you children? Really? Come on. Um, you know, a lot of innocent people, uh, innocent people's lives were, were affected by this. Um, a lot of people, it's could have gotten a lot worse. You know, I know when I go to a game, I don't want to, I want to there, I want to be there to enjoy the game. I don't want to be there fearing for my life. And, and the, the ultras started this fight. I mean, all ultras in general are bad, in my opinion. All well, the hooligans are the ones that go there just for fighting. Um, Go there, chant, have fun. I love when the I love when I love when our ultras are chanting. It's it's awesome. But when you go start stupid stupid fights like this, it's it's on call for. Um, so I'm fine with the decision that came down. I agree with them. Our ultras did start it. Uh, they provoked the opposition team. Opposition fans are not guilt are not innocent either. That they're just as guilty for. Um, they probably knew it was it was coming, and you know they wanted to fight, so they're just as guilty. All, all ultras are, are, are guilty. So um, that's what I think. What do you think? Shalka fans, let me know. Um, what do you think about the verdict handed down by the Administrative Court of Gelsenkirchen? Uh, let me know with a tweet at SO4 underscore podcast. Actually, you know what? Before, let me get to this another article. There's something that came out today, actually. Um, and that was, I'll read you what the quote says. This came from Bleacher Report report and the, and the, the article is titled German police investigate anti-Semitic images of Anne Frank in a Schalke shirt. All right. So let me give you a little backstory on this. Uh, about a week ago or so, um, there was a big derby in, in, in Italy, in Syria between the Rome rivals, uh, Lazio and Roma. Fierce rivalry. Uh, it's probably it's it's not as as severe as a Riviera Derby, but it's up there. Um, you had the ultras from Lazio who are historically right wing against the Roma ultras who are historically left wing, and it clashed. Anyway, um, before the game, the game was they played in the same stadium. Um, Lazio was were the host, and their ultras put pictures all over the stadium of a picture of Anne Frank in a Roma jersey. And then throughout the city in the Roma Roma sections of the city, um, they posted anti-Semitic slurs. They made comments saying, you know, Anne Frank was a Roma player, Roma supporter, blah, blah, blah. Well, Lazio owner came out and said, this is disgusting. We will not stand for this. Um, the Lazio players came out in the very next game against Bologna wearing a um, white T-shirt with Anne Frank's face on it. And before the game... The, um, Actually, every game in Syria that the next day, um, the next game that came out, um, everyone read passages from the Anne Frank diary. Um, so it was a great response by Syria. Anyway, fast forward to a couple of days ago or yesterday, um, a little some playing cards, I guess, or stickers were handed out with a picture of Anne Frank in a Schalke jersey, and. The main culprits are expected to be, are presumed to be Dortmund fans. Um, so, you know, 
you know, basically, this is what the article is saying. They're trying to say, don't don't really blame Dorman because we don't know exactly yet who it is. Uh, according to the Mirror's Alex Smith, it is not yet known who produced the mock-up with Schalke, also maintaining rivalries with Bayer Leverkusen, Cologne, Gladbach, and Dusseldorf. Uh, Dusseldorf is where the stickers were actually found. Um, so they're saying it could be anybody, but you know, a lot of people are saying this is this is uh, BVB hooligans. Um, the images, you know, like I said, came from a similar incident last week. So it was last week at the uh, Lazio Ultras posted those images of uh, Anne Frank and the Roma jerseys at the Stadio Olimpico. Um, you know, as uh, many of you know, especially especially if you're from Germany, um, anti-Semitism is strictly dealt with in Germany. Uh, it is even a criminal offense to deny the Holocaust. Uh, for those who don't know, and I don't know where you guys have been, Anne Frank is a, uh, is a German, was a German-born Jew. She fled the country with her family during the Nazi rule and went to the Netherlands. Uh, her and her family were discovered, arrested in 1944, were taken to concentration camps, where Anne Frank later died. I think she was like eight, she was 15 years old, I think, when she, uh, when she was killed. Um, so, what do I think? I'm just disgusted with ultras in general. Hooligans, all hooligans from all, every team, every country. There's no, there are no good ultras anywhere. Dorman had claimed that they have innocent ultras that they don't, they're, they only think of everything in good nature. That's bullshit. I mean, if this comes out as there, this is very anti-Semitic. This is disgusting. This is despicable. Um, just I think last week there was uh, proof that Dortmund fans um, chanted Nazi Nazi chants during the game or during a game. Or something like that. Um, I'm not. I'm picking on Dortmund fans here, but it's not Dortmund fans. It's Schalke fans. It's Leverkusen fans. It's uh, Bayern, Bayern München fans. It's it's fans from every country. All the, all these ultras. They're 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 motherfucking assholes. Grow the fuck up, really. You're fucking adults. Act like it. Don't act like fucking you know racist children. That's what they are. They're all fucking racist. What is? I mean, really. And then they're not all, not all the ultras, but there are those groups of ultras in, there are groups of hooligans within the ultras who are, who want nothing to do but just start fights and, uh, and cause chaos. Why? Why? I want to go, when I go to a game, I want to, I want to fucking watch the game, enjoy it, have fun, enjoy the beautiful game. I don't want to go there fearing for my life. If I want to go to Dortmund to watch Schalke play, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, be fearful of my life because I'm wearing a Schalke jersey. Or if a Dortmund fan wants to come to Schalke and watch a game in a Dortmund jersey, I don't want them to be fearful for their life. No. Grow the fuck up. I'm, I'm sick of all the ultras. They need to all go. Um, what I said about the Lazio fans when this happened, they should have banned, they should ban all the ultras from, from coming back. Teach them a lesson. Cause if you find these guys, it's not going to do anything. They're just going to find ways to get into the game. Ban them for life. Or ban them for an extended period of time and let the ultras sort it out within themselves and clean this shit up. And then maybe we won't have this problem again. That's the only way. You gotta ban them. May not, may not have to be for life, but ban them for a significant period of time and they'll sort it out themselves. Trust me. When they can't go to the games, they'll start blaming the ones who caused this. So if this turns out to be Dortmund fans, ban them. Ban them from their stadium, ban them from all stadiums. Until they can clear their shit. If it's not them, okay, sorry, Dortmund. Hit to whoever, whoever's want to cause it. Um, but ban this shit. I'm sick of these hooligans in all these countries starting shit. Um, I love the flares. I love the chants. I love the singing. 
when it becomes dangerous to the, the innocent spectators around, that's when I get disgusted and I draw the line. And this anti-Semitism shit, this racism shit, um, this shit that goes to try to purposely hurt people. Shame shit happened in the Euros with, you know, a lot of, they're saying about the Russian hooligans, but it happens with the English hooligans, happens with the Italian hooligans, Spanish hooligans, everybody, every country has these hooligans. So no one's, no one's exempt. This shit needs to stop and they need to put a fucking hard line and ban these motherfuckers. Pardon my French. I'm just upset with this shit. Um, I'm going to move on before I blow a freaking gasket. Um, before we end this podcast, this anger-filled podcast, which I apologize about, start talking about ultras and it gets my blood boiling. Um, let's talk briefly uh, about Freiburg. Freiburg coming come in one point ahead of the drop zone. They have one win this season, but it was an impressive win, and it was against Hoffenheim. Uh, as you remember or may not want to remember, Hoffenheim beat us not too long ago, 2 nothing. So, Fry- Freiburg, how, what, what do we have to worry about them? Well, they can be a challenge because they attack down the left flank pretty well. They take lots of shots. They, t- they like to play the long ball, very English-like. Um, they're used to playing in their own half and have a consistent first 11. Um, so they're not... They're used to teams who have possession on them, and they just sit back and draw back and try to get a draw or something. Now, why should we win? Well, they're weak on finishing scoring chances, for one. They can't keep possession of the ball. Defending set pieces and defending against the long shots is very poor by them. Uh, and, and and if you've been under a rock, that's two of the things. Two of the two or so, those are some of two of the things that Schalke do best. Uh, they're very good at um. They're very good on set pieces, especially with Naldo. I mean, can anyone outjump this guy? And they have plenty of guys who can shoot it from distance. Um, Benteleb, Harit, Meyer, um, so on and so forth. Kalajiri. Uh, Freiburg defending against skillful players and stopping opponents from creating chances. Uh, they struggle on this, and it'll give guys like, I mean, Harit and company a plethora of chances. So what's my verdict on the game? Um... I like to say they went two nothing again, like they they had been winning two nothing recently. Uh, but I, I think Freiburg, being at home, will have a, we'll, we'll probably get a goal. I don't think it'll be a clean sheet. So I'm gonna say it's gonna be three one for Schalke. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Do you guys agree? Do you uh, tell me your tell me your predictions at so four underscore podcast. And with that, um, I think we're gonna wrap it up. You know, my anger-filled podcast, I think it's going to come come to a close, come to a short end. <laughs> Keep tuning in each week as we will bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. We want to thank Schalke and the Bundesliga for providing us tidbits for our podcast today. If there are any topics you would like us to discuss, send us a tweet at SO4 underscore podcast on Twitter. Uh, we'll try to have some guests on here in the next few weeks, so stay tuned for that. Uh, once again... I'm your host, Richard Carmen. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready, and I'll be with you soon. Shoes. <laughs>